0: The Chiefs are your Super Bowl champs. Uh, Wyatt was the O-line and Mahomes. Philly D, where you at? A great part of the hurt story. Trying to figure out the contract. We're going to do all that stuff in the open and with Damian Woody. Talk about the penalty. Uh, So a lot to cover here. Congrats to Kansas City. Life advice and an Arizona recap. What's next. It's the Ryan Russilla, podcast presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs and FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming, so please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and older, 18 plus in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. The number one thing we were all talking about, right, the number one thing was how will Kansas City's offensive line handle this Philadelphia defense, specifically their front, all the depth, all the different guys that can rotate in and out of there. We did not hear from the Philadelphia D line the entire game. A massive win for that O-line for Kansas City. And one of the biggest reasons why this happened was balance, okay? Kansas City always wanted Philadelphia thinking, we will actually run the football. It's not some massive numbers. It's not like it was a ground game first. It's not what happened. Mahomes won them this game. But the balance, the concerted effort by this offense with Reed and Bienemy to make sure that they showed Philadelphia something that they had to respect the entire game was one of the biggest reasons why Kansas City won last night. The first drive, four runs, two passes. Get him thinking. The missed field goal drive, where I actually think they should have gone for it, uh, was a pass-heavy drive. Then they had a three and out, but they ran it on first down, which is something that they don't do very often, right? Everybody loves now passing on first down. The Cook Index, which is brought up by Mike Sando numerous times, score neutral, how often are you running, how often are you passing on first down? They come out after they missed the field goal, and they run it on first down. The two-minute drive was pass-heavy, two-minute drive. Okay, but here's where I think it was really important. 24-14 at the half. The first drive of the second half, Kansas City has the football. They ran it three straight times on that drive and seven times total on a touchdown drive to make it 24-21. to That was huge because all Philadelphia is waiting for, like I think a lot of coordinators would have done, oh, we're down 10 points, we only got 30 minutes left. Uh, Let's just abandon everything, go wide, and try to just move football football as fast as we can. And That's what I love about what Kansas City did. They stayed patient. They were okay with it. Maybe you're more okay with it because of Mahomes. Or maybe that's the reason why you would pass more often. I think other coordinators would have fucked this up. And that's one of my favorite things about last night's game. So now all of a sudden you have this balance, and now it's a field goal game. But if you go back to the half, there's some other numbers in here that I think are interesting. Because it looks like total domination by Philadelphia's offense. It looks like Kansas City. like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Mahomes has 89 yards. Kansas City was 0 for 3 on third downs. Philadelphia had 17 first downs, only six for Kansas City. Philadelphia was six of ten on third downs, and I'll throw in a fourth down conversion where they were two for two on the game, uh, which really is like seven out of ten conversions on third down for Philadelphia. But the time of possession part of this was talked about, but I don't know that it was. I think it should have, I think there should have been one moment where it was described a little bit more, which could have made this a little misleading. Hey, Philadelphia was a better team in the first half, right? You're feeling like Kansas City only scored seven points on offense because of the Hurts fumble that led to the Bolton touchdown. That's your 14. But giving away a football like that also takes away the possession. So there's probably still another three-plus minutes at least for Kansas City and maybe a couple first downs and more yards for Mahomes that would have made it look more like a normal stat line, which still below Mahomes standards. But you get my point here. When you give away an entire possession – Defense scores a touchdown, and then Philly comes right back. Look, you want the touchdown. okay? You'll give up the possession for the defensive touchdown. But that part of it, I think, needed a little bit more description on what was happening and how some of these numbers were working themselves out. Philadelphia, on offense, loved the game plan. They knew, hey, if we line up against their D-line with our O-line, say there's 10 short yardage situations, we're going to win at least seven of them. It's not like they gashed Kansas City, okay? There was only 45 rushing yards from Philadelphia on non-Hertz runs. Hertz was incredible last night, but they knew that they'd win enough, and it felt like Kansas City was helpless so many times those short yardage situations. The goal line push, that wasn't even close. This is like rugby stuff. So whether it's Sirianni knowing we've got to take chances, it's what we do, we love our own line, we love our quarterback on short yardage situations, and we want to make sure we keep the ball away from Mahomes as much as we can. So back to the possession, lost possession time of possession stuff that we're talking about here. It was still over 22 minutes for Philadelphia or just about 22 minutes, maybe just maybe just under an eight plus for Kansas City looking at some of that stuff. So I loved all that. I mean, the offense for Philadelphia isn't the problem. We're going to get to Hertz here in a second. It's going to be a love letter to the guy. OK, but that approach. The collective approach of this is what we're going to do, we're going to stay with it consistently. They were able to move the football enough that it wasn't some weird in their own on their own side of the field where they had to go for like fourth and three, going, what the hell are you guys doing? That would have been a different situation. But I love that part of it. It was a big reason for their success. He also thought the defensive backs of Kansas City Uh, massive disadvantage against A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. It really only happened on a couple of those plays. It would be totally unfair for me to say, well, it worked twice. He should have taken more deep shots. Uh, A.J. Brown was double coverage, but Brown's just better than the two corners he was going up against, and he made the play and grabbed it. And then Devontae, for whatever reason, the corner for Kansas City, peels off of him on a go route, lets him go behind him, which was really weird. That's just jumping a route when you shouldn't be. You need to be more disciplined in that. But for me to say, hey, those deep shots worked, take more deep shots, what's wrong with you? That's Monday morning play calling guy from somebody who's never played the position, has no fucking idea what the quarterback's looking at. is is looking at the All-22, and they scored 30-plus points. So, you know, we're going to tell you that they should have done something different on offense. Uh, this Philly D, man, zero sacks, only the second game all season that they went a full game without a sack, last and only time, week six against Dallas. How many times did you feel like, man, Philly's defense stepped up and made a huge play there I don't feel like it happened very often. We want to look at some third down stops. Okay, we can come up with a list of four or five things. like That was a good play. I'm not telling you it was three-plus hours of bad plays by the defense the whole time. But as far as, like, hey, make a play. We need a game-changing play. We've got to figure it out. D-line was not a factor. I think the biggest play defensively was the Gardner-Johnson tackle on Pacheco. It was third and one. Philly decides to blitz. I'd like to look at the full blitz numbers in this one. I feel like it was very blitz light, although Spagnolo had a couple times with Hertz in the second half. He's like, i got to speed this guy up here a little bit. Uh, that's a third and one blitz call. Pacheco left sideline, gets around the corner. That's a touchdown-saving tackle by Gardner Johnson. Huge hit on him, and he blasted him earlier. So that's a big disappointment for this group, which had been one of the elite units all season long. Now, again, you could say, hey, it was Mahomes, but that was something that factored into how I wanted to pick this game because I just kept thinking, you know, when you look at the resume of quarterbacks that Philadelphia has faced and what they faced in the NFC playoffs, like it just leaked in here because the average performance of, of all the quarterbacks the Eagles faced this year, it ranked 24th, okay? It just tells you they weren't facing tough guys throughout the entire season. The part that sucks from last night, Uh, For neutral fans, for Philly fans, not for Kansas City fans, it's the penalty. So let's look at this drive. The Mahomes scramble was massive. They've got the football at the Philly 43, 26 yards of the Philly 17 just before the two-minute warning. Uh, They did run one more play here, but that's the longest run for Mahomes of the season. So now we go third and eight at the Philly 15, the hold call on James Bradbury. Now, credit to Bradbury, I guess, for after the game. I mean, I guess we all listened to what we saw, him saying, hey, it was a hold. I hate the call, I really do. Um, you know, whenever you have the jersey tug part of it, though, you're going to expose yourself. It's one thing to get your hands on somebody; it's another to pull on the jersey and then he kind of grabs him again. But didn't feel like it was something where now Chris Carter used to always say, "How are you going to tell me what I can or can't catch?" Uh, <laughs> that was it. Didn't feel like that was the reason the the ball wasn't completed. So. I'm a little torn with it because I, like a lot of viewers, are pretty neutral on this going, oh, man, is that going to decide it? But I, this is the part where I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair to say that that penalty decided it because if it's not called, we're fourth and eight, we're still at the 15, we're under the two-minute warning, okay? And now we're looking at a fourth and eight, as I mentioned, under 150 probably after the kickoff. So they say they kick the field goal and they're up. We're looking at Philly with less than 150, probably, depending on how the kickoff goes, with only one timeout left. Now, we've all watched enough football to know that in that moment, you're, you're defending a touchdown, but you're also kind of defending the field goal. What Hurts have been able to go right down the field he was great last night, so I wouldn't rule it out. But what I don't like is anyone looking at this game saying that that play single-handedly cost the Eagles the Super Bowl. I don't like the call. I kind of get the call. I don't like it, but let's not just fast forward. Let's not snowball that into an assumption. And Kansas City was still going to have the lead, and that's still a lot of work to do with only one time out for Philadelphia to move the football down the field. Although we've seen plenty of good teams move the football down that quickly, so I'm not being dismissive. But Bradbury, his admission uh, ruins Eagles fans' night. Excuse me, the penalty ruins Eagles fans' nights. His admission ruins a Monday morning for the Eagles fans that are like. You know, hey, could you have not admit that you did it? Because it would have been way better for my argument today. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Jalen Hurts. 27 of 38, 304 yards, the rushing part of it. He was incredible. The throw on third and 14 to Goddard. I can't believe they converted the third and 14. I can't believe the throw worked. I too thought it might have been picked underneath. That's like an all time, I got to have it. Raising your level of risk based on game scenario and in the importance of a game last night. That's big time stuff. I mean, like, there's a lot of guys that wouldn't even have attempted that throw. And would we be killing them for throwing an interception on third and 14? I don't know. I, I, I'd like to think that I'd stay consistent with this stuff. But that was a quarterback going, no, no, I need this right now. We need the fuck. I'm not going for fourth and six. I'm not throwing to a guy five yards short of the stick with three defenders in front of him. I'm going to try to put my guy in a position. And Goddard had a huge game last night. This also leads us to the Hertz question, which I don't think is a question about who he is anymore. And if you've been paying attention, right, this is is who he's developed into. But his contract, after three years, we'll see what happens. Philadelphia hooked Wentz up after three years. Uh, The Kyler deal the second most guaranteed money ever, Deshaun Watson getting the most guaranteed ever. Average salary for uh for Kyler, depending on which numbers that you want to look at total value, you know, we're north of 40 million. If you're hurt, you're like that's the starting point. I'm better than that guy is. It's honestly, I don't even think it's close. I got major questions about Kyler. Uh that's not part of this segment really here, but the comp on those contracts is we'll see what Philadelphia does. Because when you start looking at having a free quarterback like you had this year with Hertz, and now the cap number in his fourth year would go up, they could not do it if they don't want to. Um, But if you look at Kansas City on the other side, they spent 21% of their cap on quarterbacks, the most for a Super Bowl team since 2011 when they started up the rookie scale. So we love the free quarterbacks, and some of us start to think, wait, should all teams do that? Yeah, no problem. Just sign a guy who's like, an MVP-almost caliber rookie quarterback that's for free, just go ahead and draft that guy, and the rest will be fine. Easier said than done. Anything bad besides the penalty from last night? Uh, The field was atrocious. A little anecdote here. I was in this stadium for Auburn-Oregon in the national championship game, Cam Newton's title. The field was a mess then. Uh, Another little side story. Aaron Andrews was doing sideline for that, as she was last night. I remember she started talking about the different cleats. You want to hear something crazy? I think she had had a deal with Reebok or something at the time. And it was an Under Armour Nike game, right? Auburn, Oregon. And she was talking about the cleats because it was the report. And they were trying to figure it out. Everybody was slipping all over the place. And then I think somebody complained. I don't know if it was like a lot of people or just like one person or if it was a marketing thing or whatever. But I think she had had a deal with Reebok and people were like, oh, she's only pointing that out because it's an Under Armour Nike game. I don't know how real that was. That's what we had heard. And then I led it all to other dumb shit. Um, But this field was a mess. I don't, you know, I'm not a dew point guy. So I don't know what to tell you. Some other people will tell you this is what happens in the desert when it cools this quickly or whatever. That sucked. It sucked for everybody involved. Um, And, you know, you got to do better. I don't know. I don't like saying do better in this case. The ads, I think most of them suck. I was wondering where that second Jesus one was going. I'm not going to lie to you. Jesus' marketing budget through the roof. Um, I was like, a lot of people yelling at each other, you know. I don't think this is going to be verbo. And it wasn't. It wasn't. Nope. Uh, Did LeBron really get booed? Did you see him put the crown on his head? That was weird. I don't know. I don't know if he really got booed or not. People were trying to say they did. Rihanna was terrific. Uh, The disrespect angle. Let's talk about that a little bit. This is my 13th Super Bowl that I've been to. I've never gone to the game just the lead up or whatever. And I'm not, I'm not, it's not like, oh, poor me. I've never been to the game. I just usually could never go because I always had to be back in Connecticut to be on the air on Monday. It wasn't logistically even possible to stay for the game and then be back on the air on the biggest show of the year. Everybody in Arizona was on Philadelphia. Now, I think everybody thought it was close. I just was very surprised that more people weren't like, hey, I get to pick Mahomes in a Super Bowl. Um, and that's what I did. It wasn't real scientific. And yet the entire week I felt like everyone was on Philly. So Travis Kelsey gets out there saying, Hey, everybody disrespects us. Is he right? I don't know that it's disrespect. Maybe just a bunch of other people pick the other team. I don't know, man. These teams can do whatever they want. I guess. I mean, if Georgia can sit there after the TCU game being like, nobody believed in us, so you fucking, you guys nuts. They find like one blogger that picked him to go six and six or something. So Let's talk more about why you'd pick Mahomes because we're looking at some all-time stuff here as I finish up. Uh, In the athletic piece, the pick six that Sando has every Monday, I always reference it because there's always some awesome nugget in there. He looked at Mahomes' three Super Bowl teams versus Brady's first three Super Bowl teams, okay? And one of the things that I love that he points out, what EPA does, is it looks at what a quarterback does and then what the rest of his team is doing for him. And in this case, we're going to look at the combined expected points added from special teams and the defense. The three Super Bowl teams that Mahomes has had combined to rank 27th in defensive and special teams EPA. That's not good. Brady's first three Super Bowl teams, the win against the Rams, the win against Carolina, the win against the Eagles, they ranked second. Uh, Mahomes is one of 83 quarterbacks with at least 50 starts since 2000. When his team has a negative combined defensive and special teams EPA, he's winning 67% of those games. Brady's winning 53%. Peyton Manning won 52%. All other quarterbacks combined have won under 30% of those games where the defense and special teams were a net negative. Last night the Chiefs special teams and defensive EPA were minus 2 touchdowns. The guy was 4 for 4 scoring in the second half. It would have been 4 for 4 touchdowns but they didn't want the touchdown because the Eagles wanted the ball back. I can't imagine ever not picking this guy. I mean at some point I'm going to have to But this is who he is. That's who he is in the second half. And in a weird way, I'm just happy for him because I think he's that special. And I didn't want to see a one and two next to his name. This episode is brought to you by Crown Royal. Speaking of Crown Royal, you may have caught their Super Bowl ad with Dave Grohl. It was fantastic. Thanking Canada for all the things people didn't know were invented by Canadians. Uh, And yesterday, obviously the biggest game of the year. I was running through that ad. It was pretty good. I'm like, wait, football? Canada? like, Dave Grohl wouldn't lie to me, right? It's Dave Grohl. in didn't lie to the audience. I wouldn't think so. And then I started looking up other stuff for this ad specifically. Uh, Rush, I knew that. That was in the ad. At first, your dad's like, are you into Satan? Like, no, I'm just into intense drumming. And that all checked out. I, of course, uh, know it well, going over the border quite a bit into Quebec, whether it's BB Plain, Iberville, Sweet Corn Stands everywhere, St. Catherine Street, Peel's Pub. I remember one time my roommate from college was like, we should check out an Expos game. I'm like, I'm in road trip, threw on some rush, maybe, and headed to Stade Olympique, Montreal. And you get outside of the stadium and he's like, oh, I went to buy tickets there in Arizona. I read the schedule wrong. That's fine. We'll make a night of it. We're in Montreal. Another thing I found during my research is that the Canadian flag comes from Canada, which actually makes a ton of sense. So, yeah, I want to thank Canada for, I guess, football now and the Super Bowl that we saw yesterday. Uh, which is, you know, shout out to Canada, which is what the Crown Royal ad is all about, being thankful. Love that about those people. Crown Royal, live generously, and life will treat you royally. Please drink responsibly. Great way to close out the season. Damian Woody, Super Bowl champ, has been with us throughout the entire season, so let's get to it. Uh, I'm with you. I saw the tweets. Uh, The old line is the story, uh, as much as it is Mahomes. What did you see?
1: Yeah, I, I literally, coming into the game, I thought that my X Factor was going to be Isaiah Pacheco because I thought that the Kansas City Chiefs need to be balanced on offense. You know, when you're facing a really good pass rushing unit like the Philadelphia Eagles have, it's like very it's very important to have that type of balance, whether it be running the football, screens, stuff like that. And even with the Kansas City Chiefs down 10 and a half, they still had plenty of time to just do what they do, run the football. Actually, that helped them get back into the game because once you become one dimensional you play right into the Philadelphia Eagles so you got to give a you got to give kudos to Andy Reid for just staying with the game plan, running the football and uh that that really helped out the Chiefs offense in the second half.
0: It now when you're game planning for something like Philly's D line, right? You know, and it's it's amazing that they're so not a story, zero sacks, all the depth, all these looks, all the stuff you can do. What is the week like going? Okay, we know now, granted, Casey's O-line's talented, so it's not like this this group that you go into it and they have no chance. But what is that like day-to-day leading up to it, how you prep for that kind of challenge?
1: Yeah, because usually what what you usually face is um, you'll face like one, maybe two guys that you kind of have to put a circle around. Like, we got to take these guys out of the game. These guys can wreck a whole game. Philly literally has like four guys at, at minimum that could wreck a game. They got four guys that came you know from the regular season that had double digit sacks that's that's rare to see four guys with you know double digit sacks so i think it's just really honestly it just comes down to manning up you can't double everybody you know so i think it becomes more of a more of a pride thing when you got when you are offensive lineman knowing that okay all the talk has been about you know how how great these guys are at pass rushing but at the same time we're not scrubs ourselves you know, we might be the, the, you know, the the you know a top two line uh, between between KC and the Philadelphia Eagles. So I just think it's more of a, instead of X's and O's, it's more of a kind of a pride thing when you talk about going against guys like that.
0: I love the balance. You know, it's something that I touched on uh, at the beginning of the show in that I always feel like, you know, there's just certain coordinators. It's not like, hey, this guy always does this and this guy doesn't. But, you know, you're down 24-14. But there was some kind of sneaky numbers in their lack of time of possession, and you're like, okay, well, what do we need to do? And I feel like other teams would kind of abandon everything, and I wouldn't even blame them when you have them homes. But they came out; they had that balance, and I just think even if you don't have, you know, we don't prioritize running backs anymore. I'm I'm okay with it, feeling like the reward is still in passing as opposed to handing it off a bunch. But just making that group think about it was was probably a. As big a factor from game planning, making sure it was still something that the Eagles' D line had to think about. And I thought it was really smart by Kansas City to never abandon that look.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, as much as we, you know, as much as we heap praise on the Philly D line, that still was a um, still was an area that that was quote unquote a little bit of a weakness for uh, the Philadelphia defense. That's why they went out and got and um, you know, during the season because teams were running on them. So. I think K I think Kansas City said, you know what? In order for us to claw our way back in, we can't be like a lot of coordinators who get spooked and just go one dimensional and start throwing the ball, especially when you got a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. We still gotta be true to- we gotta be balanced and gotta run the football to have this defense start thinking about both aspects of day, you know, of our offense.
0: You know what I like from from Sirianni? it was very clear early on. It's like, okay. You know, I didn't, clearly Philly didn't gash them, but they knew, okay, short-yarded situations, we're going to win more than we lose, and if we lose on third down, then we'll go for it on fourth down. Right. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, granted, they lose, so there's usually not a ton of credit <laughs> heaped on the team that lost, but it was very clear, like, that's how they saw that matchup, and it's something they won consistently. Hell, they still scored 30-plus points, so it was working. What did you think of the approach of them always feeling like, we're always going to have the extra down if we need to?
1: Yeah, I think part of it is you know the opponent you're playing, right? I mean, as much as we talk about Philly's defense, you're still going up against the league MVP and Patrick Mahomes, you know the guy, you know the offense, the the highest scoring offense in the league, you know you that you know the accolades go on and on. So I think Nick Sirianni said, you know what? It's it's more important for us to possess the ball and keep that guy, keep, you know, keep 15 on the sideline because the, the, if we can limit his possessions did not give us the best outcome of winning winning the game. Ultimately, what ended up happening was, yeah, they got less possessions, but they were were scoring every time they possessed the ball, particularly in the second half. And so that's where, to me, where the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and, and in particular their defense, came up short, is that every time KC had the ball, they were scoring.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I saw your tweet about it. What was the adjustment that you would have liked to have seen from Philly on the defensive side? Well,
1: I think you know clearly there were some communication issues in the secondary because you know one thing about KC they run a lot of motion. They 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 they, they run it at one of the highest clips and maybe the highest clip in the National Football League. And those guys were having a hard time communicating on the back end. Um, they play a lot of zone. They play a lot of zone on the back end. And you think with the the caliber of cornerbacks and the and the, and the secondary that the Eagles have, I would have thought they would have been a little bit more aggressive as far as man coverage, getting up in those guys' faces a little bit more. Um, but, you know, it, it just didn't. Um, I think that was the thing I was most disappointed about with Philadelphia, Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator. I think his lack, you know, the lack of adjustments during the game, particularly in the second half, clearly saw uh, KC. We saw their adjustments. We just didn't see enough of it um, on the Philadelphia side on defense.
0: Uh as I've learned over the years, you know, ask, hey, what are those adjustments? What are those adjustments? The D line guys would be like, the adjustments are almost always on the back end. So, you know, if you're Philly and you're used to getting home with four, I don't know what the final blitz numbers were. You know, Spagnola got a little spicy there late, but I kept looking for it and like they're not sending extra guys. Philly and it didn't feel like they were sending extra guys a ton. I think Philly could also argue you know, despite the lack of time of possession for Kansas City, we don't feel like anybody on the outside's hurting us here. You know, Kelsey had the early touchdown. But you're right. Like, once it started getting a little bit more open, um, it, I don't know if it's a confusion thing. I don't know if there's adjustment in that. But it felt like now all of a sudden guys are sitting down and just getting open all over the place as Mahomes started tearing them apart.
1: Yeah, you know, that's the one thing about playing zone. You know, a couple of things I would have liked to see seen from, um, from Philadelphia's defense. Number one, as good as their defensive line, is at sacks. I would have liked to see them do more line games and and make you know Kansas City's offensive line pass off of stunts. Those those are very hard to do. And then on the back end, I would have liked to see a little bit more, a little bit more man coverage, bringing you know bringing blitzes off the edge and stuff like that. Try to keep homes in the in the pocket and all that type of stuff. So you know, again, great coaches make adjustments during during you know during the game, and uh, we clearly saw that from Andy Reid.
0: Let's talk a little Hurts. He was awesome. Tr- Tremendous.
1: Tremendous. I mean, uh, like, I'm buying stock. Like, I was buying stock in him anyway because I think he's just a, such a high-character guy. But, I mean, the dude had a historic Super Bowl. Think about that. Like, he outplayed Patrick Mahomes, but he just came up on the losing end of it. Obviously, you know, people will point to the the lost fumble for a touchdown, but, I mean, the dude, you know, the dude had a historic um, a, hit, a historic game in the Super Bowl. So this dude just keeps getting better and better every year. Like, people thought when he got drafted in the second round, he was going to be a backup at minimum. You know, that was going to be his, his, his ceiling, like a, a backup quarterback. This dude is one of the best quarterbacks we have in our game, and a lot of that is just attributed to his football character and IQ. I
0: don't. You know, I, I brought it up, and I, I it's not even really fair because I don't know what he can see or what he can't see. Um, you know the AJ throw I love because I felt like that was a big advantage. You know, between Smith and AJ Brown, I'm like that's a big advantage. Like I think that would have been the best unit advantage versus the other unit advantage of all the things that we could match up in the entire game. And then on the Smith play uh, where he broke down the left sideline, like I don't know what the why the corner would ever let Devontae Smith run behind him, right? To sit here and say, oh, you know, they should have taken more deep shots. The offense was not the issue. The offense was not the issue. No, and, and it's it's just, it's not fair of me to go, oh, they should have done that more because it just might not have been there. You know, it might not have been there. And I don't know what he was looking at.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't. The offense definitely wasn't an issue. I think, you know, <clears throat> Nick Sirianni knew, like, you know, we're, we're going to have to score a bunch of points um, to beat this Kansas City team because – the one thing about great teams, particularly on offense, they're gonna find a way to crack the code. And they did. They Kansas City's offense cracked the code in the second half. And the defense, Philly's defense was clearly out of its league in the second half, and it just became a shootout, man. And ultimately, you know, Kansas City came out on, on on you know on the other side with a three point, three point victory. But man, like that offense and um and, and Jalen Hurts. He was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. He got out of you know some of the, you know some pressures he got out of using his athletic abilities, the, the, you know his ability to to quarterback sneak, which when when the whole world knows your quarterback sneak and you're still able to get two and three yards is, is amazing. So uh, like, I know it. I know it hurts losing that game, but there's no reason for Jalen Hurts to hang his head at all because that dude played a hell of a game.
0: Yeah, I mean the part now for Hurts, which is an amazing accomplishment this soon into his career, is that you're going, oh, is he a guy, a guy, you know? Because the frustrating thing is the depth of quarterback play. You know, there's there's players that put up numbers. You know, you start comparing kind of the mid tier quarterbacks and mid tier quarterbacks of the past, and you'd be like, oh my god, this group looks like they'd be the best group statistically. Uh, You're always chasing, hoping that you have like one of those five or six guys. And now I think it's even a real the fact that it's even a question going into next season is a huge positive because I'm I'm shocked that we we're here after that Tennessee game and the regular season with Hurts. I was like, you know what? Like this is this is happening. And we know he has the composure. We know he's a complete adult. I mean he's he's so mature beyond, you know, what his what his birth date would tell you uh you know the contract we'll see that's going to be interesting to see what happens with that one knowing that he's he's available to go ahead and sign that extension now so you know i don't want to turn it into like hey the question being is he now a top five guy I, you know i don't but the fact that we would even wonder that because this was an incredible season from him with an organization that probably wasn't 100 percent sure if they had the guy and now at least you go into next year going we have one
1: yeah and listen that's that's you know that's what all organizations want, right? They all organizations want first and foremost. Do we have the guy quarterback? And we came into the season not knowing if Jalen Hurst was going to be that guy. And I think he answered that that question full throated this, you know, this this season, especially in the Super Bowl. So that's just one. That's one uh, big thing lifted off the shoulders of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now they tend to sign their guys early, like they, you know, like Carson Wentz. They signed him early, like they got ahead of the curve. Um, we know what's coming down the pike. You got, you know, um, you got Justin Herbert and, and Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. I would expect Philadelphia probably like, you know, let's go ahead and get our guy signed and get them locked down before these prices start getting crazy.
0: That push, that rugby scrum on the short yardage stuff with Jalen Hurts, that,
2: <laughs> that's why
0: I imagine the O-line group for Phillies like, this isn't an issue. When they pushed him in on the sneak, that wasn't even yeah. close. Uh, yeah, and, man. And, and that can be what? That can be the snap and, and one side isn't ready, they get the push. But then there was the secondary push. I wonder if – I don't know. I, I don't know if like teams are going to all of a sudden start running a rugby offense, but that seems almost unfair how good they were at it last night.
1: Well, I don't know. If, I don't know how many teams would are able to do – what replicate what Philly does because not only do you have the top offensive line in the league – but then you have a quarterback that's strong as an ox, and then you got AJ Brown and, and put, you know, behind you pushing you who who's also strong as an ox. So they got a lot of things going for them in that in that short yardage package, and it's primarily it's it's like unstoppable. I mean, think about the one where Chris Jones jumped over the top, and he had Jalen Hurts dead to the right, and he still surged ahead for another additional two yards.
0: Okay, what did you think about the penalty?
1: I'm sure I'm sure I, you know I'm sure you saw my tweet about it. I don't I don't disagree with the penalty. It was a penalty. I disagreed in throwing the flag at at that, at that, at that state, in that late stage in the game. I felt like the refs messed up a beautiful potential beautiful ending in the game. Like we had this beautiful painting going on throughout the whole game. And then the refs just came in and just like violated the the, the last touch of the painting. That's the way I felt. It's just like, why? This wasn't a heavily, heavily penalized game. And now you're gonna interject yourself at that critical moment in the game. Like I'm not disputing the penalty. I'm just saying sometimes just let those guys play. That's my thing. You don't need, don't. Last thing people want to see is the refs at that junction of the game. Y'all sit back. Let these two teams duke it out. We're at the end of the game. You haven't been throwing a lot of flags before. Let them finish the game.
0: You played with Brady for a while. Um, how's the Super Bowl ring thing work for when you're on IR? Do you display that one as much as the other one?
1: I mean – they all work the same for me. I mean, the fact that listen, I bust my ass the whole season. I got hurt in the playoffs. That don't mean that don't make me any less of a player. I just got hurt at, at, at you know in the wrong time. But um, nah, man, it's it's man to be able to get to that point in the season. It takes a village. It takes everybody. So I, I just I wear mine proudly, regardless.
0: Okay. Just to call myself out, that perhaps was the most awkward way ever to tee up that you had two championships. So that's that's on me. I don't I don't that's know why okay. I asked.
1: That's okay. I, that's okay. Because I damn sure won't let everybody know I got two two rings anyway. So don't worry, I got
0: you. <laughs> I'm like, wait, you're almost asking this as if he shouldn't display it, like he's some, <laughs> like he's the assistant to the traveling secretary yeah. at Daisy Buchanan's. <laughs> walking around with his Super Bowl ring. Okay, all right. So the, re- the reason I ask that is that, you know, there's there's got to be something about it on the sideline. And then, you know, playing with other guys, and I'm asking you about Brady, who's the best who's ever done it. What is that like knowing you have a Superman on the sideline, the same way the Chiefs sideline knows they have that in Mahomes? What does that do for the energy for a team that's trailing?
1: You're never out of it. You are like... I don't care what the situation is. You feel like we're always in it. You you actually feel like we're going to win. There's nothing like when you have that type of quarterback where you go into the game, honestly, you're going to win every game. And you're shocked if you lose. There's nothing more empowering than you know like, damn, we got a dog at quarterback and the other side doesn't. Even if the other side does have a dog, like there were many times where You know, when I was in New England, we played against Peyton Manning, but we still knew we were gonna beat him. Because not only do we have a dog at quarterback, but we got the better we got a dog at the head coach, we got a a better team. And so, man, you just feel you you feel invincible. I can only imagine how the Chiefs players feel, knowing that we got an all time great at quarterback and he's twenty seven years old. Think about that. Right now, Patrick Mahomes you know how we always talk about there's, there's levels, there's levels to this as far as all time great. Like right now, Patrick Mahomes is probably the level behind Tom Brady. He's ahead of Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's a you know he's like right behind Tom Brady. So imagine Patrick Mahomes teammates playing with a guy like that right now.
0: Okay, did you feel the same way? In 2002 against the Rams, you know, it, infamously, every you know the announcers are saying you should just take a knee here. Uh, yeah, I which- mean, let,
1: oh, yeah, man, it, it no, but the cranes thing was like there was no sense of taking a knee. We were like, we're going to go for the win. Like no, it was never discussed. Like yeah, we're going to take a knee and just go in overtime. No, we were like, no, oh, we're going to go win the game. We're going to go win the game, and so. We just went out there. Did we did Brady? You know, threw a couple checkdowns, and and then all of a sudden, the one big pass to, to Troy Brown, and then next thing you know, we're in field goal position, and and Ben and Terry did his thing as usual. So, okay. So the, no- the
0: reason the reason I bring it up, I mean, not to go down memory lane of twenty years ago and start talking Pat Super Bowl wins, but the the parallel of the Mahomes part of it. Did you have like Mahomes has already now done it? Okay, they came back against San Francisco. And granted, the Tampa one was a mess, but there's enough games on his resume. Did you actually have that kind of, like I'm wondering the feeling had to be a little different in 02 as opposed to a couple years later in 04 against Carolina. Now granted that was the game that you were hurt, but yeah. I imagine there was more buy in in 04, being like, We're still fine. This doesn't matter uh, because we have him, because we already know about it in O two. I'm just wondering how different those feelings were after a guy has a couple in his back pocket.
1: Yeah, it, it's def- it definitely it definitely was a, a different feeling. Like I remember like the Carolina game. I mean, think about it. Think about you and Ryan, you know this. Patri- the past defense that year was really good. Like they you know, we were loaded and we couldn't stop Carolina. And and, and Tom was just going up and down the field against the, a really good Carolina Panthers defense, going blow for blow. With, you know, Jake DeLone. So, yeah, it was a different feel. I think Tom was in a different, I don't know, like a different different area code from the, from the 0-2-1. Like the 0-2-1, we were confident, but it wasn't the same because you never, I mean, we never saw Tom do that in that in that type of situation before.
0: Yeah, it was the number one defense scoring-wise in the NFL, less than 15 points per game. And then right. just something weird happens. I mean, a little bit similar last night with Philadelphia, where I did feel like, the Level of quarterback that Philadelphia played, like, there's going to be a bit of a wake up call, especially coming off of what happened in the NFC playoffs. But you know, it's a lot like college sometimes. Like, I'll, I'll see people react to these shootouts. You're like, hey, sometimes great defense is just certain nights where it turns into mayhem. And I think that's what we had last night. Like, I don't think Philadelphia needs to start thinking about themselves differently on defense with the Hertz contract. If that happens, there's definitely going to be some changes, some slimming of of the depth there. Um, but I, I just, I can't imagine what it'd be like to be a teammate of one of these players where it's just instinctive in you. I mean, anybody that's ever been, I'm, I'm hesitant to ever do any of this kind of stuff, but anybody that's ever played a sport, you just play differently when you never expect to lose. You just do. You're like, wait, I'm not losing. Like, you got, like what are you talking about? And, yeah. and Kansas City has that more than any team in the NFL.
1: Yeah, it, it's um, evident by. I mean, think about this: they they've hosted hosted five straight AFC Championship games, think right? I feel that. like I feel like that right. gets
0: lost in it. Like I think <laughs> I forgot.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, do people understand how crazy that is? They posted five straight AFC Championship games. That's insane. So if you're like, if you're a, if you're a teammate of Patrick Mahomes, how could you not feel going into every game? We're gonna win. Like we got. We got fifteen. We got fifteen at quarterback. Even when he's hobbled, he's better than ninety percent of the quarterbacks in the league. Think about that. When he's not when he's mortal, he's still better than almost all the league. So I listen, I would be cocky as hell if I was if I was a Kansas City player. Like, bitch, y'all not gonna beat us. Like it's just not gonna happen. Do you see what we got? We got like a demigod at quarterback. There's no way y'all gonna beat us.
0: How'd you feel about Rihanna?
1: I liked it. I liked it. You know, like for me, um, like I know a lot of her music. I thought it was uh I thought the, the visuals were, were cool and everything. Um it wasn't the best halftime show that I've seen. There's no question about that. But I think like like my, my family and I we sat back and watched it and we knew all the songs we sang to it. I think it was cool. The fact that, you know, we we were kind of speculating, like, is she pregnant? Is she doing all this? But that was another factor into it. So I thought it was all right.
0: Wow, I thought I was going to get way more. I thought you were going to be a big Rihanna guy. I, I'm, I'm slightly shocked to hear <clears throat> your tepid tone here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm okay. I mean, like, I'm not, like, I don't sit in my car and just, you know, just rock out to Rihanna all the time. But I thought, I think she, you know, I like her as an artist. I like, you know, I like her music and stuff like that. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I you thought know, it was pretty good. It was a, I, I didn't think it was like blockbuster or anything like that. It was okay.
0: Am I okay. Harsh critic? <laughs> am credit? I am ah, yeah. a little heart Wait, so you and all the the Woody Clan, the Brood, were singing along, and you're just kind of like yeah. day, like yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were all singing. You know, my, you know, my. My like my daughter, they were all hyping into it. And I'm like, Yeah, it's cool, you know. Just watching them really get into it. I'm I'm like, it's okay.
0: Okay. Uh maybe we get a little Woody story time from you. You win a Super Bowl, you're at the host city, you've got everybody everywhere. Uh those after parties are legendary.
1: Oh, uh, yeah.
0: What's your yeah. what's your best because I'm, I'm trying to think if you were a bigger menace as a youngster in New Orleans or as a guy that didn't have to play in Houston.
1: Oh, man. Like, I think New Orleans won. Like, the New Orleans one, I went way... Like, I went crazy. Like, way hard that one. Like, I went hard in the, in the Houston one, too, but it's a different feeling, man, When you when you play in it. Man, I was... When I say I was in the streets, man. I was in the, I was out there in the streets, buddy. Okay, Let so give that. us,
0: give us a little timeline of events. Like, how late were you at the stadium after the win in New Orleans? Oh,
1: uh, man, I was there, man, like an hour, hour after the, after the, after the game, just smoking on the cigars, chilling. You know, the wifey, she was, she was pregnant. Like, all my family was there. We hanging out, chilling, and stuff like that, and then we get back to the hotel. I think you know, man. We like Snoop and everybody was there. Man, it was man, it was so crazy, man. Like Wu Tang was, was up in there. It was like it was, bro. It was crazy, and I was drunk off my ass. And then we, you know, going out and partaking in the in the uh, gentlemen's clubs, and, and we were doing a little bit of everything, bro. It was. Man, it it was it was. I only I I think I I didn't go to sleep that night to be honest with you. I did not go to sleep at all. It was it was we were pulling the all nighter,
0: and that at that point too, like I imagine, because the wife is pregnant, she's got to peel off, right? The family's peeling off. Oh yeah,
1: everybody's peeling off, and then you know the fellas is like, man, we not it, the the night is young, baby. Let's let's go get it in. Everywhere we went, man, it was a party.
0: And, and could we Tom to like, and Tom could still go out back then, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like like now, like super, you know, Tom at this level now. But yeah, back then, man, he was he was he was hanging tough like everybody else. So it was, man, it was bro, it was. I can't even put all the stuff out there, man. It was crazy.
0: Yeah, I it wasn't was trying. I don't want you telling me. I just, <laughs> no. I just, uh, you know, whatever. That let's, just say
1: we're, let's just say we had a we had a re- we had a really good time. Really good uh, time.
0: Well, this is a great time all season with you, man. Always puts a smile on all of our faces. Thanks for all the hard work and uh, get a little rest. All right.
1: Oh man, I appreciate I appreciate you having me on, man. This is this is good uh, good talking to you.
0: is after lunch, there's all this time before dinner. I hate it. So I'm always like, do I do this? It's like, you should. Gain season? Throw in a little something extra, an appetizer that just starts hours before dinner. It just gets so frustrating when there aren't great options. That's where Arby's new two for $5 chicken wraps come in. Available in your choice of ranch barbecue and honey mustard. They're perfect for that afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Food Buddies, Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. Okay, before we get to life advice and a little Arizona recap here, we're going to give a shout-out to Saruti, the first-ever Rosilla podcast uh season winner i want to just pick it right up and and start another contest here but saruti won kyle raging came into second and i ended up uh I, i had a bad year came in last so i guess i have to do something either for saruti but my guess is we'll probably just do something for you too that i'm gonna have to pay for which i was probably gonna have to pay for anyway uh in salt lake this weekend right
4: what are we doing what do you want kyle
5: I'll leave oh, it's up not to me, you. man. It's fear. not me. You can't. No, you can't. You can't leave that up to I feel, me. I, don't want I feel like I cheated. Consolation I cheated. prize. You would like to. let like the kid win in in this first game of Madden or something. You know beat him by a hundred points, and you're like, oh yeah, what do you want to do? Uh, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. I think you. I can't believe that you you hit that many props. But I guess with props, it's like you could just pick ones that are probably gonna happen. But I don't know. You did stuff that was like. I mean, you I wasn't even, gonna say anything about this, but. You were eight Uh and seven. I don't know. I mean, okay, first off, let's not the (laughs) insinuation that I
4: just picked like like, minus 200 props is wrong. Right. There was, there was a, there were a bunch of plus money props in there. My Rihanna prop was wrong. That the tails call was a straight 50-50. Had a couple anytime touchdown guys in there that were plus money. So At first, I was like, hey, I actually kind of feel bad. Now I don't feel bad. Now I'm going to take the win because, <laughs> because Kyle's out here going <laughs> to undermine my victory. <laughs> no, so you whoa, know what? Whoa, whoa, I didn't say that. I didn't <laughs> that say that. That
0: wasn't even – that's not even what he was doing. Kyle has a bigger issue with you not being around, which I think is actually <laughs> okay. less worse than picking <laughs> layup props. But – uh again
4: not layup props not layup props
0: (laughs) hey look i lost i'm happy to take the guys out all right i had a shitty year i usually always get back to 500 and i didn't so i'm happy to do this and we've i don't know that we've ever done anything the three of us together yeah that's correct because
4: the one time i was out in in uh in la me and kyle got dinner with craig what's up craig and uh i think i hit you up you weren't even i don't think you were in la that weekend you just left town and you knew I was coming in, you just left town. You're like, oh, actually, I'm not gonna be here. It's like, all right, cool, man. I'm just first time in two years, I'm coming out, like, you know, maybe see the new place. Nope, I'm not gonna be here. Just all cool.
5: right, get that <laughs> out of the way right now. Not you're making
0: it sound like, oh, you're I booked a ticket like, after.
5: You Larry David you New York coming. tripped him. Yeah. Like, actually I'm gonna be in New York for three months. <laughs>
4: I I am joking. I don't actually get annoyed about this Ryan. I just I don't I don't hold Ryan accountable for really anything. I'm just like, "Hey man, he lives his life and like, if he's around, we'll hang out. If not, it's not a big deal." Like I don't get worked up about stuff like that. But we are all going to be in Salt Lake for the first time at the end of this week and yeah, what are we doing? Although you're not even staying in Salt Lake, so we got to we got to come find you apparently.
0: Okay, here's the thing. You two huddle. Whatever you want to do, we'll do it. All right? whatever. I mean, you know, that's we're not going to go shopping for Rolexes, but just whatever you guys want to do, we'll do it. And I think what we should do is, is have you guys come to Park City for one of the nights and I'll just, you know,
5: the, it's, it's on scholarship for an entire
0: night. Whoa.
4: All right. Let's go. Oh yeah. So that's- I,
5: I'm, I know Park City. Well, it's going to be a great time, Steve. Oh, I, I got I'll leave it up to you then, Kyle.
4: I, I trust Kyle. I mean, listen, just find like the diviest bar we could possibly find, hang out. I don't know.
5: Do our
0: thing, yeah. Kyle's Mister, they call him the Sundance Kid.
5: <laughs> I, I, I can't wait. I really can't wait. And I looked it up. Honestly, the, some of those weird Utah laws—they're not actually. They either don't uh, exist, or it's are, so overrated. or they never existed, it, it, or they never existed. Nah. Wait, what are we talking I like about? Like, what? People go example. to pe- people
0: land in Utah and then think it's just going to be like a, a foreign country. Everybody's <laughs> just doing <laughs> calisthenics and drinking fucking milk, and it's like it isn't. The People are very healthy. OK, I'll give him that. But yeah, there's this completely like misguided idea of what Salt Lake and part like, granted, I haven't spent a ton of time. Look, I've been up to Provo a couple of times. I remember there was a stop in Orem once,
5: I think. And so, you know, I'm not. Is I, I our can't see. Still
4: around. We got Maybe we should have Jimmer.
0: I think he's in Colorado, isn't he? Ah, uh, Bummer.
5: No, well, I was yeah. there and I was there for Sundance and I was standing up drinking a beer and somebody who was a local like tapped me on the shoulder and was like, Hey, just so you know, you can't be standing and drinking. Like somebody's gonna get you for that. And I just, I just closed my tab and left. I was like, I don't know what that's about. And I just I felt so strange. I was like, I was like, I started like, man, is jaywalking allowed? I mean, am I gonna be in jail for jaywalking? Like, what's gonna happen? But I, I looked it up. I cannot find a trace of that law. I think I found somebody else who said it online in like a Reddit thing, but that's there's no law that you can't stand and drink. But that just freaked me out. And then I was like, wait a second, do I actually know where I am? Am I gonna be okay here? But it seems like I think that was all overblown.
0: Should we ski? Should we? Should we really get adventurous? And try I'm to already do skiing. Which I'm day staying a couple skiing? days.
5: I'm staying a couple days. I think uh, after I think Monday, yeah. After, oh, I, I just took that after. whole week off. Ah, of course not. That's all right. It's I I'm skiing that. with like frolic dudes. You wouldn't want to mesh groups like that. I don't think you're like super into that anyway. So
0: they were aggressive in Denver. I, don't know, I was I was scared of those guys. I'm not. Gonna <laughs> one, lie guy <laughs> one guy kicked
5: himself out of the show. One guy kicked himself out of the show. Didn't
0: one guy go missing for twenty four hours? Yeah, that was the same guy
5: in Denver. Wow. Yeah,
0: a guy went missing in Kyle's crew.
5: Literally missing. (laughs) Were you guys nervous, or was it just like I don't know? They they were. They weren't me. They weren't. Yeah, nobody. (laughs) No, I was like, are we sure? Is everything okay? And they're like, yeah, he's fine, dude. He's he's like older than all of us. He should be fine. Ah, he's an adult. Last time they saw him was on like a scooter or something, one of those electric scooters. And they're like, I don't know, he was supposed to be wherever we're we're going, but uh, (laughs) I don't know. He must have had something better to do. So wait, (laughs) the frolic room crew is driving to Utah now for this. One guy's driving, a couple other guys are uh, are flying. And so, yeah, uh, I'm going to get my hotels for as long as the ringer will pay for it, which is just till after the show. And then I'm going to um, jump into Airbnb with those guys for a couple of days. And then I'll just come back. Kyle on the road, this is
0: amazing. Like, I didn't yeah. know this was going to continue to be a thing. It. Yeah, but Utah's great. You two huddle on, like, what we should figure out or whatever. Um, I would say it shouldn't. Well, wait, how many nights are you there, Saruti?
4: I get in Thursday night and I leave Sunday. so. Seems like Friday night's the night.
0: Yeah, but the show's Saturday and it's early.
4: Well, it's not that early. It's at like two local.
0: Mm. All right, we'll
4: be all right. Can't yeah. do it Saturday. I mean, I guess we could do it Saturday night. But all star stuff is Saturday night.
0: Are you going to any of it? I mean, I'd like to. Are you going to the dunk contest? Yeah, <laughs> in person. I like the, du- I like <laughs> the dunk contest. <laughs> yeah. I Last surrendered time I was at my credentials.
4: Aaron Gordon got robbed, so I gotta, you know. Wait, am I expected?
0: Am I expected to go to this with a credential? Because I don't think I did that. Or did you guys do that for me?
5: No, they 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 asked me if I if they were like they kind of were like, hey, there's only so many. Like, are you do want to go? And I was like, uh, no, I'll surrender to somebody that really, really uh, you is. You guys about are it. both out then. Uh, maybe I got to rethink this. All right, maybe Saturday night tonight. <laughs> maybe hey, you? they could Wait. use your credential. Give it up, dude. <laughs> Just sell it. <laughs> uh, no,
0: I'm I want you to go. Do you have? Do you have? I
4: have a I have a credential for Saturday night. Yes. I do, do I? I mean, I'm sure you do. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why we wouldn't put one in for you. <laughs> but yeah, I actually, I did know Kyle didn't get one, but honestly, it doesn't really seem like Kyle.
5: Hey, I didn't one. want one. I gave it up. They said yeah, I had no, it. and I was okay, a nice guy. Wait, Kyle, are so, your frolic so room guys there?
0: <laughs> are your frolic room guys there Saturday? Yeah. One of one guy is so
5: delusional. Yeah. He thinks he's going to go to the game, but we're like, dude, he's like, look, game Sunday. Well, he thinks you he's going go to go. Yeah. Game. He thinks he's going to go Sunday. Yeah, I definitely don't want to go to the game. Nah, Saturday no, Saturday
4: night's better anyway. Yeah. All
5: right.
0: Well, maybe Sarudi and I will go Saturday because we're going to be yeah. in Salt Lake already, and then it'll be over early enough. I don't know, but
4: there's also a Ringer show that we got to crash that night too. Ringer NBA. KOC is going to be there. Logan, uh, who else? Syria, I think. bunch of people.
0: Okay. Well, all right. We're just doing this just out loud planning, which I think the audience, the, the listeners right now, are like, "Hey, can you guys do more?" Hey, I'll swing by. <laughs> Tell us what's okay. up. <laughs> What else? Okay, yeah, I want to recap a couple uh, Arizona things. I I mentioned in the open, I I counted it. I was like, oh, wow, I've been to 13 uh, Super Bowl weeks, some much better than others. I'll tell you, Arizona is usually near the top of the list, especially like eight years ago. That's one of the best. We ended up at the EA party, one of the best nights ever had. Really good group, small party. And you just have like 10 or 12 of your buddies and you're like, "This, these are the nights. These are why we keep taking those swings. This is why everybody tries to organize the Uber and Lyft going, do you have, well, how many, oh, I'm a plus two or there's six of us. Well, we'll talk to somebody, I'll text a guy and we'll stand outside for fucking ever and then we'll get in. And then when we actually do get in, we'll be like, oh, this sucks. And then we'll go to something else. So I've done it all. I've done it all. I think the last time, because this week we didn't do any of the big stuff. And there's just way less. I I don't think ESPN even has a party anymore. Uh I doubt I'd ask for an invite. Um EA, I don't think has a party. Maybe they have like a smaller thing or something like that. Legends actually had a sick setup on Friday and Saturday. I mean, that's shit up from Saturday. I'm I'm jealous I didn't get to go. Um but I remember I think the last move, the last move ever was Miami, where it was it was me, Van Pelt, it was a couple other couple other buddies. I think Stanford, yeah, Stanford was with us. And we went to the barstool party and it was all the way away from where we were staying. Massive rainstorm. Barstool had set aside a table for us for Rough and Rowdy. Van Pelt and I walk in and the table that is supposed to be there is just mobbed with 20-something-year-old dudes just vaping and pounding (laughs) Pink Whitney. And we're like, well, I guess we're not sitting there. And then we just looked around like, what the fuck are we doing? Not only are we old, like this is mayhem. And we just left and we went back to the hotel bar at the Delano and had like the best time ever. So, like, that was kind of the first time where we were like, whenever we do this in the future, we need to just find the group and then do the thing with the group. And Let it we'll come. Figure yeah. Out, we'll, <laughs> we'll figure out the rest of it later. Um, Don't chase. Going to chase and go to these big part. Like, in the beginning, man, it is cool. And you're trying to get into all of them. I remember one time, fucking CAA, they were like, you're invited to the party. But not as a plus one. So you're going to have to tell your girlfriend a way to like sneak in. I was like, is that normal? Is that normal? And they're like, well, she'll get in. I was like, yeah, but that means I can't go in with her. And they're like, no, you have to get there. And so they're like, you have to get there at 830 to even get in because you don't have like a normal invite. I'm like, am I setting up the apps like eight (laughs) 30?
4: just pull some chairs and, and yeah. so
0: and then i'm telling the girlfriend like you're gonna go later she's like this doesn't make any fucking sense so i had to go in at like 8 30 i'm there with the help and then she's across the street having a drink by herself because there was like a staggered time of when she was going to be able to get in i'm sure she wasn't getting hit on south beach and so i was like are you guys trying to get us broken up tonight so whatever i mean there's you're looking bro- for a
5: back door <laughs> yeah there's, there's so many open.
0: stories where you're just like okay but when you're younger and then there's those nights. There'll be that one night where you're like, "That was so great. I want to try to do that again." But um, went to comedy show and ran into Nate Bargazzi back, backstage. <laughs>
4: oh wow! Yep, it was with Big <laughs> Cat. Try out any new material or no? He
0: didn't. But Big Cat was there, making sure it was extra awkward. So we're in the back. We're saying hi to everybody. Um, and look, I know Shane Gillis was let go of SNL for stuff in the past. His stand up. 17 straight minutes, I didn't stop laughing. That guy's unbelievable how good he was on that show. Like he came out and just threw fastballs the entire time. And I was like, holy shit. Uh, So I really enjoyed him. And then we get backstage and I, hey, Nate, how's it going? Yeah, oh yeah, hey, what's up, what's up? And then we kind of talked, we laughed or whatever. I said, well, hey, it went way worse with Jeff Garland. And then he laughed and then it just was over. And then Big Cat was like, hey, have you guys met? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we just <laughs> talked. And he's like, remember that time you were pitching him jokes? <laughs> How awkward was that? <laughs> and then we had to like address it all over again. But Nate was really nice. I said, hey, you know, need anything or whatever. But he actually didn't perform. Uh, Burt Kreischer was the headliner. And boy, does he go peak energy the entire time. So it was great. So thanks to all those guys for bringing us out. And then uh, the PGA Tour hooked us up for waste management on 16 for Friday. And I'm just telling you, if you want to be absolutely sideways in the middle of the day and not have people look at you, do it at waste management because you'll fit right in. That is a fucking free for all. It's the second time I've gone, but it still blows my mind how I just, I mean, credit to those people that can pull that off for an entire day. It is an absolute party in the most odd setting of a golf tournament, but that's what they do. And it should be a bucket list event for dudes. Uh, it is worth going. And I imagine the Super Bowl combination of it all makes it even more absurd than it normally is. I was actually at the hole when the streaker came out. Like I was there in my seat, like as it all happened. But Arizona is an awesome city for setting up that kind of stuff and somehow pulling off both of those events at the same time and then getting Durant on Thursday too. So uh, Phoenix, arrow up after last ah. week.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I, the waste management thing. So is it like the NASCAR race of golf tournaments? I don't understand. Like people just get hammered and heckle people during the tournament? Is that like I don't get it.
0: Yeah. Cause every, I,
4: everybody every year everyone's like it's awesome, it's incredible. I've heard you say it, Chris Long, whatever. And you're just allowed to be insane and that's just that's like the golfers just know that?
0: Yeah. One guy, one one guy from our group actually went missing, much like the Frolic group guy. <laughs> It, it, wasn't, happens. <laughs> it wasn't 24 hours, but he was gone for a couple and guys are like, what happened to him? And we we're like, I don't know. And don't then he came it. back a couple hours later with a bunch of hats. I'll so for him. Some merch,
4: <laughs> people who love merch, we love merch. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there you go. So just, you I don't time. Know. Just, just talking it all out here. Do you guys want to do life advice now? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. When it comes to your fee, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, that means real experts are checking your sneakers, every stitch, down to the sole. They'll even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax from the drop to your doorstep. eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay Authenticity Guarantee. Visit ebay.com for terms.
3: I drive a Ferrari, 355 Cabriolet. What's up? I have a ridiculous house in the South Fork. I have every toy you could possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So, now you know what's possible. Let me tell you what's required.
0: The med student hit us back up. Oh, yeah. And he's, Yeah. Mm-hmm. The work-life balance guy. Yeah. And he was like, I fucking hate you guys. Just kidding. No, he loved it. He said, you're right. He even admitted that he'd gone abroad for an entire year and then got like a bad off campus deal. I thought Sir Rudy's point was was the best point. It was like, you're telling us all these things that you're doing. And on top of it, you had a girlfriend from home. And he said in the follow, I'm just sharing this because we got a ton of follow ups where everybody was going, just Matt Damon, you're going to be okay here. (laughs) It's not your fault. (laughs) A lot of emails worried about this guy, but telling him he's kicking ass, like it was all positive. Uh, although one guy tried to diagnose him with something, which I think we were just gonna <laughs> Come on. just gonna move gonna like on from, yep. yeah, because it seemed a little aggressive. Like, hey, that's that ten minute email you guys talked about. Here's my diagnosis. Uh, <laughs> so the, the the med school student or pre med, he's pre med, I guess, is what you would say. He's he was he was cool. He was like, you know what? I don't do a good enough job with some of these other things and I'll try to put a little more priority it, into it in the spring semester or whatever. But yeah, it's Rudy. You. you got a girlfriend on top of everything else. You're just going to be eventually, you're not going to be a priority ask when you're just not around. And he said that even his roommates. So I look, I just think saving lives one at a time here. I wanted to follow yeah. up on that. That's a good follow up. Okay. Um, lying about playing major, high major college hoops. I love mm. these. <laughs> More than you
5: think out there,
0: <laughs> I know I fucking love these. The fiance one was the best, yeah it's like, what do you do? Save it, save it for the like right ten years later they 're getting divorced. You never played all right forty one years old, six one two twenty uh i 've been proud of my workout routine since october i 'm doing strength training and cardio i 've lost about fifteen pounds in that span. It would be more, but my wife likes to bake over the holidays, and I have little self control. Still trying to lock down the diet piece, but I feel strong and have good cardio health. I retired from pickup ball, but in my prime, I was like a six-one Taylor Coppenrath. Shout out! People mm-hmm. underestimated, but I filled up the box score. Just don't rely on me for defense. Were you a good post player? Because Taylor was a very good post player, six-one. You you're be, you gotta be special to be a good post player. I recently went to an NBA game while traveling for work. I struck up a conversation with a guy's his girlfriend We were having a nice time. At one point, we talked about our encore pet peeves, and I asked him if he played basketball anywhere. He told me he played at Texas A&M. I told him I'm a huge college basketball fan, and I asked him when he played. I figured I'd heard of him. He then clarified that he played at Texas A&M Corpus Christi Mm. sometime in the past 20 years or so. It was somewhat awkward because I'd never heard of him, but I just said that's awesome. We continued watching the game and chatting here and there. He and his girlfriend were both super nice. I looked him up during a timeout, and he was a good player. I know how good you must be compared to the average rec player to excel even at a low D1 school. I don't think there's any shame at all in playing at that level, especially when you're pretty good. I felt, though, he purposely left out the Corpus Christi part and maybe wanted me to believe he played in the SEC or the Big 12. Ah, Good clarification on the conference. I did feel a little bad for asking a follow-up question when he probably just wanted to say he played at A&M and move on from the conversation. I don't mind if he wanted me to believe he was at the bigger A&M, but that leads to a couple of questions. One, should I have just let it be and not followed up with asking him when he played? I have to admit that part of me was wondering if he actually did play at Texas A&M before I asked the follow-up. It wasn't a gutcha question, though. I was generally having a nice time and was curious. Number two, is it just part of the social contract that athletes get to embellish aspects of their career? It's like being on The Bachelor when a contestant says they played in the NFL, but then you find out that they are only... Who are you talking to here, dude? That's my fucking <laughs> thesis. Um, when well, we find out the guy's only a rookie minicamp, although still impressive. Okay, thanks. Welcome back, Saruti. Okay, well, you guys are both... You were talking to each other, probably at a higher level of basketball uh, for for you to acknowledge what he was pointing out and maybe you were having a good time, like you said, you were agreeing on everything. So for you to then ask him if he played somewhere is a very normal question. And for him to say Texas A&M, and if you're super into it, what he didn't realize is he was getting fucking bracket, seven bracket guy, and going, oh, which year? Which, if you're really into college hoops and you know your shit, like if you were sitting next to Stanford Steve, and you said, yeah, I played at, you know, I played at Clemson, And then he he's asking you which years you played there because he wants to know who you played with. Again, if he doesn't recognize you, like think if you played somewhere but barely ever played. Okay, well, when did you play there? Even if you weren't that good there, you still made it to D one. Like which teammates did you have? I want to ask about Melvin Levitt if you went to Cincinnati. Like I you know what I mean? Like, what's going on? What else do you have? That's a very fair and totally reasonable follow up. But yeah, the guy definitely left out the Corpus Christi because it doesn't sound as fucking cool. Even if you scored 20 a game, which is, again, a massive accomplishment, you know how good you have to be, as you point out, to score like buckets, even in a smaller D1 school, you can be really fucking good, man. So I don't really blame anybody for this. This isn't the all-time gutcha. This ended up not being what I was hoping it was going to be, where you catch this person in a massive lie and you're trying to figure out. I would just let the whole thing go. Like, yeah, I think there is a bit of a social contract. Again, the minor league baseball pitchers, you guys are fucking out of control. Liars. Not all of you. Most of you. Former major league pitcher. Really? Where? Birmingham? You know? Like, there's a different level. So if you say, hey, I'm a major league pitcher, and I go, where did you pitch? And you tell me Reno, it's going to be met with disappointment. (laughs) Even though you were paid, and we can get the semantics of it all. So. This one isn't even as close to as bad as that. He said a You were more into it. He didn't read you right. He probably should have said it immediately. There's way worse lies, including every dude that goes on The Bachelor that barely played. Um, but I, I don't think it was a gutcher. I think everybody's fine with this one, even though you might have been disappointed. But I kind of get where the other guy was coming from. He should have read it a little bit differently, but I don't think this is like nefarious. Yeah, I don't think
5: so. I think we all take these sort of risks all the time, like where it'd be okay if nobody questions you. And if they do question you, you took the risk, but it's not like, it's not the end of the world. You're not like some fucking liar. Like, yeah, you know, I had a 3.5 GPA. Well, I had a 3.5 in my major, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't a Latino fraternity. Used to be. No, I was actually in an expansion group of a Latino fraternity. And then I decided to quit once I sort of read what the thesis was all about, you know, so it was like. What was, was sort it of, all about? Like, eh, it wasn't, it wasn't great for like dudes like me. I don't know. It just didn't seem like it just seemed a little adversarial um so I, yeah so, sort of like that so uh i it's just like if if a dude was like oh which latino fraternity i'd have to be like ah shit all right so actually what happened was or if it's like oh what classes did you take or what's your major at Potsdam, you know or whatever i'd be like "Ah, oh, well actually i got a three five in my major you know biology was a little tough and didn't do so well in philosophy but it's like those are like the risks you take where it's like if, if this just conversation just keeps moving then that's fine good 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 risk uh, low reward but whatever you did it
0: can i zag for a second if you who i don't know tells me i was in a latino fraternity i'm not going to interrogate you
5: <laughs> that's what i'm saying that's actually a pretty good risk but if it's like a dude who's like oh which chapter or like which you know you know if it's a guy who's I would like, be like lifts okay. up his shirt and is like look at this <laughs> tattoo from mine and it's like ah shit and it's like now i have to do that and so it's not one of those things i pull out all the time but it's just a risk that you take that you know uh, you know what i mean
0: how the fuck are you funny again on this one how are you what? we have to do a full-blown kyle resume segment just well, to summertime, summarize summertime, it all no summertime. for like new listeners we have to go through everything that we've learned about you and just make sure there's like a one package segment so people understand the access like an index they can go to yeah
4: right <laughs> Well, that's the other thing, like, Ron, you were saying, like, when you were in, oh, I've, at the Super Bowl, I've done everything. Like, Kyle, it feels like Kyle's done everything in life. Like, what? Ha, what is, like, the checklist of things that you have not done? You're, you, you know, the, the, all, you check off all the school boxes. You've been in, like, multiple fraternities. You've slept in someone's car. You're friends with all these, ra- like, it's just insane. Like, the, the, your 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 Rolodex and catalog is as impressive as anyone I've ever met. And you're just casual about it.
5: Well, we're just going to keep making memories, man. That's all.
4: I Back to the email, though, really quick. I actually don't have an issue with anyone in this situation right and to, to to kind of further expand on Kyle's point don't they always tell you like when you're when you're writing up like a professional resume I mean what do you do you embellish everything you do if you were you know a board op in a radio station you were actually like the lead person on content and the producer <laughs> and the producer was you were like the number two guy it's like it's like Dwight Schrute like the assistant regional manager the assistant to the regional manager it's the same assistant thing two, yeah and so I don't know the guy was just Hey, I played at Texas. A&M. The other thing that kind of crossed my mind was like maybe he was just like I don't know how big of a sports fan you are. I'll just say Texas A and M because most people have heard of Texas A and M. And if right. you say Texas A and M Corpus Christi, it's like this more complicated thing. I, I actually think it could be an innocent thing on his part too, and he actually owned up to it immediately. So why would I ever have a problem with him? He owned up to it; he didn't lie to you, really. So I, I just I don't know. I think you're kind of overthinking this one. It's not that big of a deal. It, it sounds like you really want to be friends with this guy, and it feels like you kind of like thought you crossed him a little bit. and He might not like you because of that follow up. I don't think that's the case at all.
5: And you're not uh, going to see him again, which
0: is cool. So it doesn't that's also a problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that they were going to be buddies about the whole thing. Uh, it very well could have been he just says A&M because he leads it up to Corpus Christi, but he probably did it because it sounds way cooler to say A&M than A&M Corpus Christi. But he ran into a dude that was super intense about it, so he should have read it a little bit better. But to Suri's point, like I think there is a slight difference between you know executed and organized over 12,000 pieces of content. And you're like, 12,000? Mm-hmm. what pieces like hours you know uh, like <laughs> <Yeah>. segments yeah <laughs> shit like that is annoying but understood but yeah i think you're right you know i think there's there's a general
4: it's the same thing in life uh, yeah people just but you, know, you, you want to lose
0: that though you you know as you get older you don't want to be that guy who's still like wait a minute what did you do like that's awkward when it's your boys <laughs> maybe you can't do it with your boys because they already know yeah. your resume but like you don't you don't want to be getting older in life telling people, like, constantly rounding up on everything you've done. You know? Uh, it's like... Yeah, but you're when, probably
4: never going to get caught, though. That's the thing. you know. It usually gets randos. better as you so get So then what's older. the
0: point? So what's the point? A stranger who you'll never interact with again leaves a game going, man, I sat next to a guy that played at
5: A&F. <laughs> <laughs> it, it gets better as you get older though right i mean in, in middle school guys used to lie about girlfriends that lives in different schools and stuff like that's mm-hmm. a Dude. that's a deep shit lie it's like oh yeah, she doesn't go here but you know i see her every thursday or i see her every sunday or something and it's like that's like as you as you get older you lie about less shit i think
0: yeah and i don't i think it's a i don't mean it like none of these are like real lies they're just stupid ones yeah but if you <laughs> right. meet if you met somebody who like Oh hey, this guy worked on this or he did this and then you meet him and you're like, what were you like, fucking runner? Like what <laughs> right. like But it's what like you- the,
4: it's like too, like if you're on, you know, whatever dating app and you're a dude and everyone loves a six six foot guy and you're five ten, five eleven, you put six foot, like is it and you get the date, it's kinda worth it, right? You, you kind of round up people. I don't have an issue with that. I mean, if don't. Say I think these are score. different, though. These I are different. Now they're all different.
0: <laughs> no, these are different because, like, hey, look. When I had my first tryout at ESPN, I think I rounded my age up to thirty because it sounded better than twenty-nine. Because they used to never let. They never wanted anyone young to be on national radio. They just didn't. Young people weren't on national radio, and they were like, "Have you ever been solo?" And I was like, "All the time. I've been solo <laughs> <Specialty>, zero, <yeah. laughs> zero fucking times." Okay.
4: Lone Wolf. Yep.
0: I wasn't gonna say no. Like, actually, I actually, haven't, you know, let me know if you have a two man thing, though. I'll be I'll be more comfortable with that. I did not care what the, If they asked me if I spoke fucking Russian. I was going to say yes for that tryout. <laughs> didn't right. matter. I think that's different, though, than if I were out with a bunch of like. What if I meet? Well, maybe maybe I'm a bad example, but like. OK, what if I was with there's been a few times, you know, out socially with pro athletes and somebody asked me if I played? What if I said? Yeah, would you guys be that's like, nice. what a fucking loser?
4: Well, that's a massive lie, though. Yeah, that's been- <laughs> oh, fully. <laughs> in that's drag, not. Just, right? That's not like a. Bo- that's not like a borderline lie. That's you just you didn't. You're not. You know, it's not like you're saying, "Hey, I, I played D three or something." You're like, "Yeah, I pl- I'm a professional athlete." Like, that's just not. I don't know. I don't think that's fair. Yeah,
0: well, clearly that's in another group than than what this is. I, I just think there's certain things as an adult, and you're right, Kyle. Like it's this 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 younger kid's telling you there's a fucking alien who lives in his garage and then you're just lying about a girlfriend and then you're lying about which school you get into and then you get to school and you lie about your high school resume and then right once you graduate you're like oh i'm you know chief content guy you're like no you're not <laughs> <laughs> like oh i i was yeah i was a big that merger that lbo yeah I was that I was I was kind of I was on one of those on emails that. yeah and it's like <laughs> like were you you know, eventually, you kind of want to lose that that part of. Eventually, your game. you're
5: just confusing the two Texas schools or whatever. That's that's it's been a long road for this guy, and I think he's doing well. So.
0: Okay. All right. Let's get one more. Speaking of basketball and protocol, 6 185. I coach high school basketball, and this weekend we had a road game. The other team had two high school kids working the clock and doing the book for them mm. who were just obnoxious. <laughs> all game, they were trash-talking my team as they checked in. Anytime we missed a shot, they said, that kid sucks. Even though we were winning from pretty much the first play of the game, that didn't stop them from saying shit to my guys all games. So my question is, is it okay to bully high schoolers as an adult? <laughs> At one point, the ball hit the top of the backboard after a missed shot, which they yelled, that's out of bounds to the ref. I mumbled to my bookkeeper, it can hit the top as long as it doesn't go over, then it's still in play. This drew the two kids' attention to me saying, quote, yeah, bro, we're just trying to add some banter to this game.
5: <laughs> <laughs> These guys are awesome. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs>
0: Then they added me to their trash-talking circle, telling <laughs> me to call get. better plays when we didn't score and commenting on my clothes. Considering I'm 34 and these two were two 17-year-olds, <laughs> we're, we're, get, we're getting right there to that, that age, I bit my tongue and ignored them, but would it have been too much to ask them if they were two make-a-wish kids who couldn't make the team? <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. I don't know.
0: I think make a wish jokes are generally frowned upon uh, out loud, especially by a person, an adult with a position of authority. But I get kind of you know they're not playing and they're talking shit to everybody. They couldn't make the team. Might have made it Corpus Christi. Who knows? All right. Um, anyway, um, because they, the thought did cross my mind a few games, a few times during the game. Okay. Or did I do the right thing in realizing there's very few stories that end up with a grown man getting in an argument with high school kids where the adult comes off looking like the hero and walking away? I did consider the advice you gave the guy whose wife was harassed in the pool to just keep hitting the kids with a pool noodle. Uh, but unfortunately, there wasn't any in the gym. That's right. I forgot about that. Just like, hey, sorry. Oh, my God. I just hit you in the head again with a pool noodle. That's, that was good advice. Um, I thought it was, too. You're right. This sucks. These kids suck. I, I feel you. I would have had a hard time with it. But yeah, you're you're always going to lose as the adult unless you had like one perfectly cooled zinger just lined up after you win the game, right? And then you just say something like, uh, you know, like, well, I don't want to di- I don't want to send there's like a million going through my head. I'm trying to figure out which is the one. W- it's not gonna have one group being like, why would you say that or whatever? And it it has, <laughs> right. has strictly to do with like which college you were getting into. So I'm not gonna do that. Um, I don't know. Maybe you just say something like your parents gonna pick you guys up or you need to ride home or something, you know, and then just be fucking devastated that you wouldn't think they had driver's license <laughs> if they weren't a certain age or whatever, or be like, you just something like, Hey, what's your handle? I'd love to keep in touch with you guys and just like stone face them. He's like, what? Because if you do say something to kids as an adult. Well, I don't know. Maybe times are different now. I would have thought there'd be a time where you're like, shit, an adult addressed this and now he's aware of our existence. Maybe I'll chill the fuck out. Sounds like those aren't the rules anymore. These guys didn't <laughs> yeah. give a fuck. They started heck- Started heckling you after you addressed it. You did the right thing. You did the hard thing, but you did the right thing. But if there was one thing that you could have done, something that could not have then been come back on you as an adult with a coaching position. Because you know what? When you see the adults lose their shit on kids, it's a fucking loser. It just... It never looks cool. Like I remember, again, we did, you know we had lacrosse games in college where we'd sit, we'd make fun of everybody. Um, you know, it was all, I was just trying to show off and hopefully land the joke perfectly so a girl would like us later that day. But uh, that when the other coach would like lose his shit on a team. And look, this isn't even about those. Like I've seen high school stuff where when the coach is really mad, he just never looks good. Even if he's right, like he never looks good when he's losing it. He's yelling at the scores table There's some kid back there. And then there's a short clip of it. And all of a sudden it's like so-and-so from this town loses it at high school. And then you just look like the asshole. So you did the right thing. It didn't feel good. The only thing I could think of is something that was like a non-offensive yet sort of stingy zinger looking at the kids. Not getting emotional, not being angry, just stone-faced delivery of it all. But in the moment, very few of us ever actually really pull that off to perfection. You're in the car thinking about it later. Um, That's why (laughs) comedians are as good as they are at this stuff. So I, I don't have really, there's no
5: ruling on this one. It's just something you always want to avoid, even if in this case, they definitely deserved it. I think you did the right thing because while A, it feels like almost a public service to like <laughs> trying to stop these menaces, it does feel like like God, the world needs this. This gym needs this. But it's just so hard. And it's so hard to say something that like the 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 whatever the 17 year old of this generation, whatever it's gonna be, whenever this happens to you, it's so hard to get something that's perfect that a will like it might even be good and it might just go over their head and then it doesn't even seem like you zinged them. You know what I mean? It could just be like. It's just it's just hard to it's it's so hard to nail that to that demographic like you know it's I think it's hard it's hard for the, like them to watch like 17 year old kids to watch well not all of them but to, to watch like you know good awesome comedy shows I feel like they'd be like I don't even get it sometimes like it it, it it's just hard when you put yourself out there because now you're a target you you're like it's it's going to be you're going to look uncool if you lose it they may not get what you're saying you have to like think of it now there's all this pressure cuz you're like i'm not the only ones that's noticing these two you know kids being assholes you know who are in the fuck around find out sort of age range but not really <laughs> and it's like and it's just like it's so it's and they're like they're at the nastiest age they could be really uh without being like drunk just like pure sober <laughs> assholeishness like that's the age of where it's at its peak yeah. and it's just like it it's all is that all crumpled up in a ball to then you trying to pull out the best nice way to pull this off. And then they might even just not get it. Be like, well, that was stupid. And now you're a target too. So I think you did what like 90% of people would do. Uh, I think you got to be almost like a superhero or a, co- or a comedian to really pull that situation off in the best way, especially when you got shit on the line, like a, your job or your, you no know, a part of your job. So I think you did the right thing. I think most people would do it, but you know, I don't blame you for really thinking it out. I think everybody thinks it out, but we just don't. A lot of us don't actually pull the trigger on that.
4: It really sucks because they're in the last year of their kind of free pass in life where you kind of don't have consequences when you're 17 years old, especially when you're talking to adult guys, especially at a pickup hoops game. I mean, as somebody who, you know, this shouldn't be terribly surprising, given the things I told you about my past, I I would get a little mouthy at the why to some <laughs> older guys now the only and, and i look back at it now i'm like i was such a tool now but i took i took the game so seriously like i just i took i took pickup hoops really seriously when i was 17 18 years old um but the thing is like so this guy said he was 34 right is that how old he yes was yes so i'm 34 oh I wait. Don't feel
0: yeah I, th- I think he did, did say was the other guy yeah he's 34. I'm, 34.
4: I'm 34 i don't feel old at all so those guys, when they're 17, I mean, that's double their age. But for me, like I look I still look at high school kids. I mean, it is I mean, I'm I kind of yeah, feel older now, especially now <laughs> that I'm a dad. What's up? Shout out to being a parent. Um, I feel a little older now, but I still don't feel that old. I don't feel like I'm that much older than these guys. I would probably still kind of get suckered into talking some smack to them, especially if it was really egregious. I think I have a good solution though for what you could say. And it's Great. a simple word. My buddy used to do this in high school and college all the time. It pissed a lot of people off at Quinnipiac. Um, because it's like a really sensitive thing for dudes of that age, just call him a virgin. Just be like, shut up, virgin. <laughs> and that like kind of, no. it's, it's, no. no, <laughs> <laughs> it's sensitive enough where like, it's, it's an insult, but you're not kind of really, you're not crossing a line. You call a 17-year-old kid a virgin, he's going to be pretty
5: pissed off. In the, in the confines of the gym of the public high school that you're like, visiting, up, I don't no. know.
0: Okay, the headline: High school coach calls two underage kids virgin during basketball game. Well, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, secures I don't know. win. I I, I I love it like in a parking lot, but this is this is different. This is a person that has some sort of representation of a high school, so you can't you can't do that. You know, one of my favorite things one of my roommates used to do. It still works. It's unbelievable. Is the what? So somebody yeah. says something to you and you just go, what? <laughs> and he's like, no, and he's what?
4: <laughs> I like <laughs> just mass. Like, no, you yeah. guys,
0: your clothes suck. What? But like, you guys don't make any shots. What, what? 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 And you just fucking what him. And then when they realize that you were in control the whole time, it's the it works all yeah. the time. Because it's like the, the seven number, the, the, the guy will go like, oh, this guy was fucking with me the whole time. He heard everything I <laughs> yeah. he said. Now, I don't know if that happened. The other problem that I have here for risk is that you're on the road, and who knows, there could be a parent around or a best friend parent of whatever. You call the kids virgins. They start going at you <laughs> or something like that, right? So you, you go, now, now you can't help. Them. There's a little energy. I don't know that I've seen a ton of parents say, I am going to str- side with the stranger adult who is arguing <laughs> with my kid. I'm going to take his side. <laughs> and so, I look, I remember there was a junior high game against Kramer. Dudes had facial hair. I did not. And, you know, it was a tough game because these kids are so much more. I don't, they're fucking old, dude. I don't, I, don't, I don't care what the birth date said. And <laughs> we're hanging in there, and there was some scuffle. And the opposing coach put his hands on... uh probably our toughest player, easily the toughest player, Craig Tilden. He was like just tougher than all of us. And his dad ran right out of the stands and fucking grabbed the other coach by the throat. (laughs) I mean, it was instant. And he's like, you don't put your hands on my fucking kid. And like, I think the other coach was just trying to like, you know, we had like a, it was a really, again, like who cares? Nobody's ever going to remember any of this stuff. I'll never forget it because I was standing on the court and I just remember being like, oh, that's what happens. when Like dad strength kicks in and loses it and the dad was right you know you can't put your hands on another kid we were young kids but the opposing coach was like you know thought he was protecting his guys but you can't do that and the guy comes running right on the stands so you never know you never know you're on the road here yeah you don't know who those kids are or who's in the stands or any of that kind of stuff so you were absolutely right hopefully you got the w you said you had to lead the whole time for the jump i'm assuming you did but yeah.
4: We buried the lead here, too. I mean, the, the, the solution to this is just get buckets. That's to shut everybody up by just being awesome. But,
0: but you don't also don't, it. as a coach, want to be sitting there talking with 17-year-olds who are giving you shit for two hours. You know, I don't know how long a high school game takes now, but do they have reviews? I don't think so. Probably
5: not. I <laughs> not not. not yeah. the public yeah. ones, I don't think yeah. so. I
0: guess <laughs> I'm There's at. probably somebody who wants them. Okay, I think that's a big show there. I think we're done. You already feel good.
5: I feel like You're I just great. can't believe he. I thought he was going to pull out the old reliable, uh, like thing to say to shithead teenagers, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be awesome." And he's like, "Just call virgins, dude. <laughs> you call him a virgin." I, mean, I, I still stand by <laughs> this. Was I think, like, it I was think like, it's harmless and undeniably problematic. <laughs> it's like a parking. No, I, so, uh, <laughs> look, I think I think
0: it's a great point. In every setting except for something having to do with school.
4: <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah sure. All right. I guess if, if you're at the Y and you ever come into this situation, that's that's when you use it, all not right, when you're in right. a position of authority. All right. <laughs> okay. That's all fair. Right.
5: It's so good to have you back, dude.
0: <laughs> I, I love how I love how uncertain the vibes are heading into Utah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I'm feeling great about it. So that's that's what you think, dude. <laughs> 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 all
0: right. That's the podcast. Thanks to Kyle. Thanks to Steve. Ryan was still a regular